0: Everyone, good morning and welcome home. All joining us on site and online. All right, how's everyone doing this morning? Those are good, good. All right, anyone feeling unwell? Huh? No, all right, those who are online, all right, shout out, you know, like a uh, hello and good morning to one another. All right, send some love and greetings to one another. For those of us on site, I'm really glad, you know, to come together with all of you. Let us turn to each other and just, you know, wave those who are, you know, those shake hands. Send your love and peace to one another, okay? So, I invite all of us, alright, this Sunday to, you know, as we are entering closer and closer to the Holy Week, alright, in the season of Lent, invite all of us, now, you know, earlier we are having conversations, and friends, now is a time where we come to forward, you know, like come to closer to God, bearing our souls to God. Right, So invite all of us you know to think through what you have been carrying in your heart throughout the week, the blessings and the burdens they have been holding on. to. Bring them all before the Lord, and let us encounter the loving God that embraces us. So in doing so, uh, in preparing to do so, might I invite all of us you know to rise, in body and in spirit, to respond together to the call to worship. Drawn by God's presence, we gather. Inspired by God's spirit, we worship. Empowered by God's grace, we we live. live. We are community, embraced embraced by by the mystery mystery of God's God's love for all creation. creation. We are a community that looks for the light of Christ,
1: the light that shines shines in in every time, every every place and every life. life.
0: Within this dynamic community, we foster connections and experiences that bring meaning to life and help us face the issues of the day. Together Together we strive strive to live live with with loving loving hearts,
1: open minds minds and hands, extended extended to to all. all.
0: Welcome home. Amen. Let us join the worship team for a time of worship.
2: Dry bones, breathe life into it. You can take my dry bones, breathe life into this skin. Oh, oh, Jesus. Oh, oh, Jesus.
3: If I could rewrite your story of love for me I would not forget those moments of doubts If I could rewrite your story of love for me I would not erase those times of struggle Those moments of doubting myself And blaming you for all my brokenness Those moments I wrestled myself And you for the answers For a little hope Then I will remember When you became real to me When you would not turn away, when you would not turn away, I will remember I am an anchor of love. I am a rewrite your story of love for me I would not forget those moments of doubt If I could rewrite your story of love for me I would not erase those times of struggle Those moments of doubting myself and blaming you for all my brokenness those moments i wrestle myself and blame you for the answers for a little hope then i will remember when you became real to me when you were not to When you would not turn away, I will remember I am an anchor of love I am a beacon of hope for you When you touched me on my side When my eyes were open to you And so I saw that I was born free You touched me on my side When my eyes were open to you And so I saw That I was born free Then I will remember When you became real to me When you would not turn away When you would not turn away I will remember I am an anchor of love I am a beacon of hope for you I will remember I will remember when you became real to me When you would not turn away When you would not turn away love I am a beast
1: Please be seated, and will you join me in a word of prayer? God who loves us beyond measure, you truly are magnificent, eternal, wonderful, glorious. And so now, we as your people, As we gather to worship, as we gather to listen to your spirit speaking to us Will you come by us? Will you meet us at our points of need? Will you come, touch our hearts, move us by the power of your spirit? As you met with me in the preparation, now meet with us In the proclamation Speak a word of life Into your people Speak a word of life Over your people To the heart that is broken Lord Speak a word of healing To the mind that is anxious Over what is to come Speak a word of peace To the body that is Wrecked with pain weariness and exhaustion, speak a word of new life. Everything we need, God, is in your presence, and your word is still a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. So speak, God, for your children are listening. Amen. So this morning, I wanted to invite you as we go into our sermon time, as we look into the Word of God together, um, that you could go into menti.com. It's something that we use to interact during the sermon time. I'd love to hear your input to some of the questions that I'll be asking. Um, and I know that you would add so much insight and so much wisdom into it. So you can use the QR code, you can scan the QR code, or if you want uh, to use the short link, it's menti, and it will take you to the deck of slides for today. Kay. Have you ever felt like you irretrievably lost something or someone? Maybe you lost an important opportunity or a career that you worked so long and so hard for. Or perhaps you lost someone you loved through death or a relationship breakdown. And the whole situation feels irreversible, unredeemable, and you're trying to come to terms with this loss. It feels like a part of you has died. And there's a story in the Bible that speaks about such loss, such death, a loss that seemed irreversible, unredeemable. But we see how Jesus proves that with God, all things are possible. And so our passage today goes to John 11. It's quite a long passage. You don't want to intersperse it, okay? I'm not going to read through the whole passage. As we go along. We're going to talk about it as we go along. So it starts... With this, now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and sister, her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with perfume and wiped his feet with her hair. And her brother Lazarus was ill. So the sister sent a message to Jesus and said, Lord, he whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. Rather, it is for God's glory so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. And accordingly, though Jesus loved Martha and her sister and um, Lazarus, after having heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. So now, we know that when they sent the message to Jesus, it's not just that he were, Lazarus was sick, right? It was because he was really seriously ill. Probably at the brink of death. And that's why they had to send a message over to Jesus and say, you know, that's what's happening. But we hear that Jesus actually delayed two days. He stayed two days longer in the place where he was. And later on, you'll find out it takes actually two days to actually travel, to walk there. At that time, they didn't have cars, right? So they had to walk there. It takes two days to travel to Bethany from where he was. So it would take four days, right? So why do you think... Sorry, uh, I didn't show you this part. uh? (laughs) Okay, so he stayed two days longer in the place where he was, right? So why do you think Jesus chose to delay going to Bethany? Okay, Why do you think he chose to delay? I mean, he must have had a reason, all right? And it's kind of strange, right? I mean, if you hear that your very good friend was sick, possibly dying, what would be your first instinct? You would rush there, right, to be by their side. I mean, it's their last moments, possibly, you know, you would put down everything and go, I I need to be there as soon as I can, right? So why would Jesus delay? It's such a strange thing, right? Okay, do do you all want to... Go to the answers, okay, he yeah, had other things to do. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, But considering how important Lazarus, Martha and Mary were to him, it's quite interesting, right? Yes, he kept for Lazarus, but why the delay? To allow space to grieve? Mm, okay, maybe. For the wow effect when doing the resurrection? Whoa, somebody's on to something. Um, because he knows he won't die? Mm-hmm. Well, we will find out, okay? So he had the opportunity to perform the miracle he did, yep to do the miracle. He was waiting for Lazarus to be dead so he could resurrect him. Mm-hmm. To prove a point, yep. Maybe he wasn't sure what to do. Possibly, sometimes, right? Food sauce. <laughs> Walking too much. <laughs> okay. Jesus wanted to do more important things. Um, I don't think there was anything more important at that point in time than uh, the people that he loved. I don't know. Scripture said, for them to see the glory of God, yes. You saw that part, right? For the glory of God. But how, right? Uh, I know people say um, he can raise Lazarus and prove a point, but isn't that a bit mercenary? Yes, a bit, right? It's like, okay, he wants Lazarus to die so he can like resurrect him. Like, Isn't that mm, a little bit like um, extreme? Huh? Well, he listened to God. Yeah, I think so, definitely. Need to prepare for the resurrection. To prove it's four days' death, not a trick. Yep, show that it's all in God's time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean... Many of these answers, right, do contribute uh, to the possibility. I don't know for sure, okay, why Jesus chose to delay, and maybe we'll find out as we go along. But that definitely was a reason, and Jesus had a plan. Right? So let's continue the story. And after this, he said to his disciples, this after the two days, he said, let us go to Judea again. And the disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now trying to stone you, and are you going there again? Okay, so before this, you know, the people there at Bethany were actually trying to stone Jesus, okay? So now Jesus said, we're going back. And Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Those who walk during the day do not stumble because they see the light of this world. But those who walk at night stumble because the light is not in them. After saying this, he told them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to awaken him. And the disciples said to him, "'Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will be all right.'" Right? So they take what Jesus says quite literally, right? So Jesus, however, had been speaking about his death, but they thought that he was referring merely to sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, "'Lazarus is dead, and for your sake I'm glad I was not there, so that you may believe, but let us go to him.'" When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days, Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, some two miles away And many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary To console them about their brother And when Martha heard that Jesus was coming She went and met him while Mary stayed at home Martha said to Jesus Lord, if you had been here My brother would not have died But even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask of God And Jesus said to her your brother will rise again. And Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? And she said to him, Yes, Lord. because they thought that she was going to the tomb to weep there. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. The exact same thing that Martha said, right? When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. And he said, where have you laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Which is kind of some of the responses we had earlier, right? Like, why would Jesus do this? Isn't it mercenary being like so... Extreme, right? He could have just healed him at that moment. Why wait? And yet there were also those who saw how much Jesus loved him. So in the shortest verse in the entire Bible, Jesus revealed one of the most important characteristics of the nature of God, the heart of God. Jesus wept. So in the Era SV version, it says Jesus began to weep, right? In a lot of the other versions, you see this shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus wept. When Jesus saw the sisters Mary and Martha weeping, as well as the people around them also crying, John writes that he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. And when you see Jesus weeping, we understand that the God whom we worship is not remote, aloof, far away. God cares for us. God loves us. God is close to us, is tender-hearted, and God grieves with us when anything threatens our human well-being. Jesus wept. But not only that, God doesn't just empathize with our many pains and sorrows. God also acts. Jesus wept with Martha and Mary, and then he raised Lazarus from the dead. And you know, this is his very last miracle before his own death and resurrection. So it's quite a significant moment. It's a moment that is meant to live on for people to understand. So, as we continue, then Jesus again, greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave. And the stone was lying against it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, mm, Lord, uh, it's a bit smelly. Uh. <laughs> There's a stench because he had been dead for four days already. And Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? And so they took away the stone. And Jesus looked upward and said, Father, I thank you for having heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I have said this for the sake of the crowd standing here, so that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, his face wrapped in a cloth. And Jesus said to them, The crowds unbind him and let him go. And many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. Perhaps it was a mercenary, perhaps it was strange that Jesus had to wait until Lazarus died in order to resurrect him. But because of that, many came to believe. So Lazarus was so dead... That there was already the stench of decay He had been dead for four days I mean, this is like death, right? Like really dead There was no possibility that he was in a coma Or just unconscious for a while In fact, the Jewish standard for being really, really sure That someone is absolutely, completely dead Is only three days Once three days has passed, they go like Okay, I think this person is really dead, right? So Lazarus, in their minds and in their understanding, is irrefutably dead, without a doubt. By performing the miracle on the fourth day after Lazarus' death and burial, Jesus was demonstrating his power and authority over death itself. Death that seemed so final for all human beings, right? That even a dead person could be raised from the grave. Even after rot, and decomposition had set in the body. Can you imagine? It then becomes clear that Jesus had delayed going to Lazarus immediately because he wanted to wait until Lazarus was dead so that Jesus could prove his divinity to his disciples and the people around once and for all. At the same time, Jesus also proved that God had the power to undo death, to reverse death the decaying stench is important to this story because Jesus not only resurrects Lazarus, he actually reverses the effects of death, it's not just bringing him back to life, he's actually reversing the effects of death imagine decomposition already started Jesus is reversing it, he has the power to undo death proving that he is divine. And this is not the first time we see God bringing people back to life. Even in the Hebrew Bible, which we sometimes call the Old Testament, we see God bringing the dead back to life. Lazarus' story parallels the story in Ezekiel chapter 37, where God brings the prophet Ezekiel to the valley full of dry bones. Do you remember that? "'Mortal, can these bones live?' the Lord asked Ezekiel. "'Can these bones live?' Perhaps this is a question many of us are asking ourselves. Can we recover from this? Can what is dead be revived? If so, how and when will that happen? Can these bones live?' Ezekiel responds, but he doesn't answer the question. He just says, Oh Lord God, you know. You know. I think Ezekiel must have looked around at the sea of dry bones and felt overwhelmed at the sight. So his response was very honest. Only God knows if these bones will live again. And then God told Ezekiel, and you shall know that I am the Lord. I will put breath into you, and you shall live. Throughout this passage, from Ezekiel 37, verse 1 to 14, God repeats three times, and you shall live. And you shall live. And you shall live by all human logic Lazarus death was irreversible he had been dead for four days already decaying the valley of dry bones was the same these were not just dead and decomposing the de-compo- de- bodies that were decomposing right these bodies were dead for so long there were only the skeletons left. They had completely dried out. There was no flesh left. To the human mind, to our minds, this kind of death is irreversible. But God proves again and again that even so, even with death that seems irreversible, God can breathe new life into them. God can restore, revive, resurrect Nothing is impossible for God Is there something in our lives That we thought was dead Hopes, perhaps Dreams A relationship A friendship Our connection with God Our faith What is something in your life That you thought was dead Perhaps there's something inside you that has died Perhaps there's something around you, something external to you but that you have left for dead I said, no, that's gone, that is no longer a part of me What is something in your life that you thought was dead? Me. Yeah. Many of us may be physically Breathing, alive But so dead inside And if that's you Then God is speaking to you today If you think that your death inside Is irreversible Unredeemable Then God is speaking to you today Hopes our hope for romance, friendships, relationships, finding love, passion for greatness. So many things, right? And this is anonymous, right? So you can actually be very honest here, right? Nobody's not going to know. But you see love coming up a lot, right? Right? The idea of finding love, the hope for romance, just the hopes that we have for life Trust, sometimes because of the things that we've gone through, that we've lost trust Maybe even in ourselves, maybe in others Support, direction, mm-hmm. being myself, childhood mm-hmm. yeah. We lost the child in us right? Our youthful energy, yeah. Innocence, yeah. There are so many things that we may not realize, but as we take a moment to think about it, that we have left for dead within us. Purpose. I yeah. you know, some of us you don't even feel like we have a sense of purpose in our life. Mm-hmm. Our old self. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for being vulnerable. To share what is in your heart. But if that's you today, whatever it is that you thought was dead, and if for some of you, you cannot even begin to articulate what it is, but you know and you feel it here, I want you to hear this, that God can restore, God can revive, that God can resurrect. God proved it from the beginning of time up to now. Nothing is impossible for God. But that's an important caveat. You see what Jesus says at the beginning of the story? He said, if it's for God's glory, this is what's going to happen. So, in verse 4, in chapter 11, but when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death, even though it does, you know, physical death. But he said, no, rather it is for God's glory. The story is longer than that. So that the Son of God may be glorified through it. So I want to be clear that there may be some things in our lives that will remain dead, right? Not everything will be revived. But if restoring or reviving that one thing is according to God's will and for God's glory, then God has the power to restore, to revive, and to resurrect. But ultimately, in the big picture, God desires to breathe God's life into us so that we shall live, truly live, not just be people who are dead inside, people who are actually like human skeletons inside, right? Dead inside. No, God wants us to truly live, to breathe God's life into us. How? In the Lazarus story, when Lazarus comes out of the tomb, Jesus tells the people standing there, probably all of them in shock at what's happening, like, oh, wait. you know. Jesus tells them, step up, get involved, participate in God's work. He says, unbind him and let him go. God is the one who brings us back to life. God is the one who breathes new life back into us. But there's a next step. We get to participate in the unbinding of ourselves and others God breathes life into you but you get to do something as well to unbind yourself and others what do you need to be released from? what do you need to be released from in order to truly live in order for you to live from the inside out? Are you bound by social pressures, the expectation of others, or your own expectations, perhaps? Are you tied down by the hurts, the pain from your past, your inability to forgive or to let go, or perhaps even your bitterness or resentment towards God? What do you need to be released from? What do you need unbinding from in order to become all that God has made you to be. So I just want to invite you to think a little bit and to respond if you can. What are some things that require unbinding in your life in order that you may truly live? God is already breathing new life into you. God is breathing God's spirit into you. But what do you need to unbind in order to truly live? And this may be things that are in your life. It may also be things that you observe in the people around you. You realize that, oh no, when you look at someone that you love, maybe a sibling, maybe a friend, and you look at them, you go like, oh, if only they can step out of that. If only they do not allow that to hold them back. They can live, truly live. So what are some things that require unbinding in all of our lives. Pride. Absolutely, right? Pride was the first thing that appeared, right? Because sometimes our pride holds us back. Fear. And fear is a big one. We fear many things. As human beings, we fear the uncertain. We fear what it means if I let this go, what does it mean? Sometimes, we prefer the familiar even if it holds us back Even if it hurts us Because it is more scary to let that go And to welcome and be open to the unfamiliar To the uncertain Right? A lot lots of things we fear Our false sense of value, yeah? Resentment, our distractions The expectations of others Negative cognitions, yeah? Our helplessness our mistakes, self-judgment, right? We judge ourselves more than we can ever imagine. We constantly have this voice, that critical voice speaking in our minds. Self-deprecation, perfectionism, yeah. Workaholism, past things, doubts, judgment, false narratives of God, mm mm-hmm. There's so many things that hold us back. There's so many things that require unbinding in our lives so that we can step into the new life that God is already offering for us. God has already breathed new life into us. But sometimes we cannot feel it and sometimes we cannot even begin to accept it because we will not unbind the things in our hearts, the things in our lives that will need to be released, to be unbound in order to experience the fullness of life. Unbinding is not a solitary act. It's not just what we do for ourselves. It requires the help of others sometimes. And that's why Jesus told, I mean, I know it was literal, but it's also metaphorical, right? Jesus told them, unbind him and help, let him go. It requires the help of others and vice versa. We need to help one another. So first we surrender to God who is love and allow love to bring us back to life, to breathe life back into us. And then we participate in God's work of unbinding ourselves and each other so that we can step fully into the new life God has for us. Will you allow others to help unbind the things that bring death so that you can fully come alive again and will you help others to unbind the things that hold them back fear, anxiety pride, a false sense of value the false narratives of God to unbind those things so that they can experience the fullness of God's new life for them The main point today is this, God is able to revive what seems dead in our lives, irreversibly dead even, and breathe new life into us, restoring all things to what they were meant to be. Our work is to help one another unbind what holds us back, so we can live fully into the life God gives for the sake of God's glory. So I wanted to share a story with you, because I was trying to reflect, like, what is an example of something like this in my life? And so, I'm going to share with you about T. Okay, T is a, yeah, to keep her name anonymous, right? T was my senior in university and my team leader in Japan when I was serving as a missionary. So our team was very close because we lived and worked together. And at that time, I wasn't out to my team. And, you know, but we were all very good friends. And it was only many years later, after I came back to Singapore, after I started getting involved in FCC. So this must have been about 10 years ago, more than 10 years ago. And there was a debate over the repeal of 377A. And so there was this mass email that was going around, you know, asking people to petition against the repeal. And it was at that time that I chose to come out to my team members. Um, because I felt it was really important for them to know that the things, the rhetoric that they were saying was very hurtful, especially to those who are LGBTQ and Christian. And so I told them at that time, you know what, when you say us versus them, I am both us and them. I am Christian and I am also LGBTQ. And this is my story. Let me share with you how I came to reconcile my faith and sexuality. And I told them that, you know what, I am still the same person that you've always known, the person who prayed with you, who worked with you, who cried with you. I've not changed. The only thing that has changed for me is that I'm no longer afraid to be honest and authentic about who I am. And I'm sharing all these things with you because you will be surrounded sometimes in church even by people who may be secretly LGBTQ. And when they hear the things that you're saying, it hurts them. It hurts them. And I want you to know that. I want you to understand that. And so at that time, I remember sending out that mass email (laughs) to a group of people. And then I was like, oh dear, dear, dear. And I was bracing myself for all the replies that were going to come back, right? So for sure, right, people are going to like, oh, throw, throw at me all the six-clobber passages, right? So within half an hour, the first email came back. And, um, and this friend said, I am so shocked. <laughs> I had to read your email twice. Because like, he's like, I don't even know if I know anyone like, you are probably like the first person I know who is Christian and LGBTQ. <laughs> and then I secretly laughed to myself. Lah. I didn't tell him. But I said, actually, it's not true. <laughs> because I know some of his friends, and I know who are LGBTQ. Right? It's just that they never came out to him. So I told all of them, I said, you know, you may think that I'm the first one. And maybe that's true. The first one who has come out to you. Lah. But I'm probably not. Because you probably have friends and family members, people that you know who are LGBTQ, but has never felt like they could come out to you because it was not safe enough. So along the way, as we talked, um, most of them would reply. Of course, some did throw the cover passages, said, you know, I disagree with you, which is fine. It's okay to disagree, right? But they all reaffirmed their friendship and their love and their respect which was very moving to me because it wasn't what I expected, right? I expected like eh, backlash, right? So at that time, I didn't hear from T because she was serving overseas. And I assumed that she wouldn't be okay with me and that our friendship would die a natural death because I was not only LGBTQ, but I was serving as a pastor in an LGBTQ plus affirming church, right? So public, right? <laughs> so a few years later, and so this was more recent, I received a message from her saying that she was back in Singapore and she wanted to meet up over coffee. So I wasn't sure what she was going to say to me, right? But I readily said yes because I wanted to know how she and her family were doing. And what surprised me was that we had such a deep and meaningful conversation and she listened carefully to all that I shared and with an open heart. And as we we were leaving, she asked me, where was I going? And I said, oh, I was going back to church. And so she asked if she could come with me and see what FCC is like. And I said, yeah, sure, you know, come. So I gave her the usual tour. I brought her around this hall. I said, yeah, this is kind of where we worship, you know. And then I brought her up to the Hive. And I knew that she would be interested in the Hive because she's a worship leader at her church. And as we stood at the Hive and looked out at this space, right, She asked me, can I pray for you and your church? And I said, yeah, sure. And she prayed the most beautiful and affirming prayer for me and our church. And I was stunned. And I can't explain how I felt at that moment. It felt like something came alive in me. Something that I didn't even know was dead came alive in me. Not only was our friendship alive, she also wanted to affirm me and my ministry. And that meant the world to me because not many people from my past life have done that. Most have chose to kind of shun, right? Stay away, right? But she actively stood there and said, I want to pray for you in this church. God is able to revive what seems dead in our lives and breathe new life into us, restoring all things to what they were meant to be, even when we cannot see it, even when we can't believe it. Are you ready to be released from everything that holds you back? Are you ready to be unbound and to help unbind others so we all can be released to be and to do all that God is calling us to. Let us surrender to love, and allow love to unbind us, transform us from darkness to light, from death to life, for the sake of God's glory. Amen.
4: Let us prepare this time for a time of communion with God and each other. For those online, you might like to take this opportunity to prepare your own elements so that we can partake of it together. We gather each Sunday at this table, even though at this time, we are all not physically together. The table of God's feast transcends time and space, because God's love transcends all boundaries. So this table recognizes no boundaries. Here at FCC, we celebrate an open table. This means that you do not have to meet any criteria. You do not have to be a member of FCC. You do not have to be baptized. You only need to recognize that God's grace is sufficient. When Jesus sat at tables and broke bread with tax collectors, lawyers, rich elites, and poor peasants, he proclaimed that God's radical love and abiding presence knows no bounds. Through these occasions of sharing food, every person experienced God and shared in God's kingdom.
1: A kingdom, kingdom where, where all are welcome, welcome all, all are worthy, and all are invited. invited. A kingdom, A kingdom where, where lives
4: are transformed and empowered, and the fruits of God's, God's gentle, gentle justice bloom throughout creation. All people, including each of us, are invited to share in the sacred meal of celebration and be strengthened by the presence of God in this place. We remember remember that Jesus Jesus fed 5,000 hungry people with 5 loaves of bread and 2 fish. At this miraculous meal, there was such an abundance that everyone ate until they were full, and there were even 12 baskets of food left over. Holy Holy God, we we celebrate your your abundant abundant care and and solidarity revealed in this meal. We remember that while sharing a meal with Pharisees, Jesus welcomed a woman viewed as an outsider. As the woman anointed his feet with oil, Jesus declared her dignity before everyone at the meal.
1: Holy Holy God, we celebrate celebrate your gracious inclusiveness inclusiveness revealed in in this meal.
4: meal. At this meal, Jesus and all disciples resisted the divisions, injustice, violence of society. They They lived out instead the kingdom of God, God, a place of love, justice and mutuality. But we also recognize that not all people liked Jesus' ministry. For some people, it was scandalous. They They said, look, look, a glutton glutton and and a drunkard, a a friend of of tax collectors collectors and sinners. sinners. When his arrest seemed near, Jesus ate a meal in an upper room with the disciples. As he had done so many times before, he took bread, and after giving thanks to you, Holy God, he broke it and gave it to the disciples, this time saying, Do this to remember me After the meal, he shed the wine, gave thanks and said I will not drink from this cup again until I drink it with you in the kingdom of God. May I invite the stewards to come distribute the elements? Please hold on to the elements and we will um, partake of it together. Jesus was then unjustly killed by the systems of domination of his day. To some of his frightened disciples, it seemed that the bread symbolised his broken body, and the blood, his wine. God, the Kingdom kingdom of of God God persisted, persisted and persists today through through the many people who seek seek to be your your resurrection resurrection community. community. Holy Holy God, in the sharing of this bread and wine, we joyfully joyfully celebrate the hope-inspiring ministry and resurrection of of Jesus Christ. Let us partake of the elements together. May I invite you to stand if you are willing and able. Together. Gracious God. God, May May this meal be for us an Emmaus 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 meal, where we encounter your presence in the sharing sharing of this food, as the the disciples disciples did at their meal in Emmaus. Emmaus. May the sharing of this food be a taste of your kingdom, Holy God, so we may be strengthened to be your joyful and hopeful disciples.
1: And may may we share in your kingdom of love, justice, and and mutuality with those around us. us. Amen.
4: Please be seated.
0: Thank you, Kenneth, and thank you, Pauline, for the uh, preaching and the sermon. It was very moving. Uh, Good morning, once again, everyone, to a wonderful morning of coming together to worship and encounter as a community. To those online, please stay with me online, all right? Don't go anywhere yet. All right, before I move on to welcoming you to our uh, giving, there are about nine announcements today, and they are important announcements. You will want to stay and listen to this. Alright, so stay tuned and stay with us until the very end for the until the benediction. So um, before we go into worship, uh the worshiping the Lord with our giving, all right. Welcome home to all friends new and old. Alright. Um for those who are fairly new joining us on site or whether you are joining us for the first time or second time online, all right, please help us to stay in touch with you. All right, by scanning the QR code of visiting us at fcc.lee slash welcome. Right? Free. Uh, free Community Church, how free stands for, first, realise everyone's equal. Alright, we often say that you know, we, come, we accept you we affirm you, regardless of your sexual orientation, your gender identity, various status. But what we are saying is this, come. Come simply. Come as you are. God loves you. That's it. Alright? So, today, there's an important uh, announcement for the newcomers' meeting. All right, we have a newcomers meeting at the end of the service today. All right, happening at the room at the back of the hall, and so uh, for those who, if you, even you have not signed up and you're new today, you we really encourage and welcome you to come and um, join this newcomers meeting, to know uh, to know about us, our mission, uh, who we are, the pastors and the members of leadership of the leadership will be sitting together with you, uh, to address questions. All right, so if not, if you're unable, you still can join us next month. Alright, in April on the twenty seventh. Oh, sorry, on the twenty-third. Right? If you have any questions, send your questions to info at freecomchurch.org. Next. Uh, I'd like to share with us like you are know, two funds you can give it for our offering. Right, one would be the general fund. Okay. For those who are familiar with us, the general fund goes down to paying the operations and expenses of running the church. And for the building fund, right that's on the screen it goes down to paying down the mortgage of the church keeps us to you know like continue to have a space a physical space right for the community to come together uh, to feel safe and worship God so as you're preparing the giving all right you can go to either give digitally by scanning the QR code all right if you're online you actually can see the UEN uh, UEN number and you can actually set up recurring payment for those who are giving by credit card you can visit freecom Asia. Okay. So for those who are giving physically, right, after the prayer of Thanksgiving, we will be inviting the stewards to come forward to receive your offering. So i like to invite all of us you know, to enter a prayerful space, to come together collectively as individuals in a community, right, to give thanks to our God. Let us come before our God, the one who breathes lives into us bring our dry bones back to life. Dear God, I love you. I love you, and I love you. And for this, I thank you for bringing life into my body, into my life for all the blessings that I receive from you. So help me, God, to live out this life to love one another, to love all who have have brought into my life. As a community, may we come together to share this love with one another and with all creation. We give thanks to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. May I invite the stewards to come forward, alright. So for those who are um, giving by, you know, like cash, you know, physically or dropping a check, all right, you may just raise your hands, and the stewards will come forward uh, to you. So now for the announcements, right? So as Lent is coming, um, the important thing will be if you have not been baptized and you are uh, thinking and considering, you know, a baptism, you know, p- joining the fold, coming to faith, all right, or be part of uh, if you are really a Christian and you are baptized and you'd like to be a member of our church, you know, you join us as in continue to grow as a community with us, all right. Please join us for our you know our class alright, uh, by going to fcc.ly slash baptism. Not sure whether that's a slide, but for the, if if not, all right, please uh take down of this uh register, uh register link. Yes? FCC.ly slash baptism. Or you can simply scan the QR code. Right, The requirement for the membership uh, is the reco- uh, completion of the SEED program. So the SEED program is a program that uh, offers to newcomers to the church. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a abbreviation of Settle Easily, Engage Deeply. It's for you to feel connected to the church, understand who we are, our mission, and what we do. For the next announcement, there on the 20, uh, 31st of March, on a Friday evening, there will be a private Bible study class uh, lesson that will not be bar- uh, broadcast online. All right, Reverend O Young is flying from overseas from US into Singapore. All right, to conduct a Bible study class in uh, in Mandarin. All right. To all right. Basically, it, uh, it encourages us, right, to use various uh, methods of engaging with scriptures, all right, so that we deepen our relationship and our understanding of the faith. So, if you are interested, um, right, you may just want to approach the pastors, all right, as this is a non-publicized um, event. Next. Uh, we are working together with Kwasar. Kwasar is a LGBTQ plus affirming uh, Muslim group. All right, we are. This is an interfaith event. We are doing an iftar, a breaking of fast. As you know, that we are br- our brothers and sisters of the Muslim faith, right? Islamic faith. All right, they are having their Ramadan. They are having a fasting, and it overlaps together with our season of Lent. And so, uh, this is a perfect opportunity for us, right, to come together. You know, as n- not just like brothers and sisters in faith. But also LGBTQ plus community members, right? So that we can actually do uh, this breaking of the bread, breaking of the fast together. So for the, so, if you are interested on the first of April on the Saturday in the evening six to eight pm at FCC, please come and join us by signing up at FCC slash If that's too long for you, just take out your phone, whip out your phone, and scan the QR code, and we look forward to seeing you. Next, um. On as we are approaching Holy Week, alright, the Sunday before we enter into Holy Week, all right, um, we will actually have a Lent event. That's an ACE. This is to consider ACE, also after church uh, um engagement, activities, event, after church event, all right. Um the worship team has very kindly to set this t- up uh, a time after Sunday from 1 p.m. to 2:30 p.m. Right in the main sanctuary, whereby we'll have live worship together. So, if you're interested, please stay back the next week on the uh, on the third. Sorry, stay back next week, all right, after service. Next this week and um, this week and next week, we'll still be having uh, another ACE event. It's called Exploring Wellness in Faith. Alright, so at one pm today, we have a second instalment of our ACE event, Wellness in Faith. We have some positive feedback from the participants in the last week's ses- session. As you can uh, as you can see from on the slide, there are some um, customer testimony. Yeah? Okay. Yes, customer testimony. So if you are interested, please come and join uh, this Sunday or uh, today. Or if you are un- unable to make it today, you still can join next week right at 1pm. Wellness in Faith is a workshop that invites people to Im- explore oneself in the background of faith Participants are encouraged to explore the practice of letting go and deepening their journey in faith. People will be guided to appreciate the value of support within a group setting while allowing each other to experience various activities in their own way. Thank you. Next. We are entering Holy Week. So if you have not, like maybe you want to take down a phone, uh, quite a number of information um, that's happening. All right, that's coming. Next slide. So on Palm Sunday, 2nd of April, as you know, we all have our, uh, our service. And after service, we have our ACE, which is extended prayer prayer time, worship time, uh, with the worship team at one p.m. So, Palm Sunday, we are still uh, the time is as usual, ten thirty. On Monday, Thursday, on the sixth of April, we all have a Monday, Thursday foot washing special experiential service where we come together to relive the moment, to recreate and re encounter God in the moment of breaking of the bread in the upper room. Where Jesus came together with the disciples right for one last meal, so if you are looking for an encounter you know or experiencing the faith in the deep and profound way, all right, I encourage you to come on the uh, sixth of April evening as uh, so on the Thursday at seven forty five p m It will not be a broadcast service, so it's uh that's so that we can create a sense of privacy and uh, sacredness. secretness for Good Friday. Alright, on the 7th of April, we will have Good Friday uh, morning service at 10.30am. Uh, we will have broadcast for this. For Easter Sunday, same time, 10.30am, uh, we will have a broadcast service. So this is a time whereby, you know, um, we will also be having our baptism and confirmation of membership of the ch- uh, members of the church. So if you are considering uh, baptism, and again, uh, considering baptism and um. Be a member of the uh, church. Please sign up so that you, by S- S- Easter Sunday, you know you can join us in this celebration. Next, we have a social media team. A social media ministry. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> However, in the past, we have been very running on a very lean team, and it can be very tiring sometimes. So we are actually really call, calling out for people who are, you know, like you're passionate, you're passionate about uh, social media, or you're very familiar with using social media, which I believe many of you do. How many of you have TikTok accounts here? <laughs> <laughs> okay, wow. Okay, I only see two hands. Now, my this is it's not a trap. All right, this <laughs> is not a trap. So. A message from the uh, service, service uh, uh, social service media team. You say, hi, the social service, uh, sorry, social media, not social service. <laughs> social media, okay. FCC social media team will be undergoing a revamp in 2023. you would like to join us to spread the message of hope of being in Singapore's only progressive and queer-affirming church, please slide into our DM on Instagram. So this is also a test. The first test is you want to be part of it, right? Like, Social media, uh, uh, you know, like familiar with that. No FCC info at FCC. All right, is go to the Instagram and then DM that over there. All right, and you'll be will sh- be uh, and we will schedule an interview with you. It'll be great. you also if you have also been attending church regularly for the past three months, whether on site or online. This is for the reason that you are con- you stay connected and understand you know the message and um the current happenings of the church. And if not, come speak with us and we'll work something out. Both local and remote positions are available. Um, drop us any questions in our DMs uh, if you have got any. Look forward to hearing from you. Thank you. Next. All right now, I'd like to invite our pastors, Mia, to come and share very exciting news about our church retreat.
5: Yay! So, good morning. Uh, I want to plug the newcomers meeting and the and the membership uh a bit more um, so that you uh get a clearer idea right sometimes when you have don 't have a clear idea, then you think it 's not for you. I see a lot of new faces uh, in the congregation today, and I also see a few faces who have um, not joined us for a while. Uh, I think oftentimes we see newcomers meeting, uh, uh, people who have been away for a while and come back to church will feel, oh, that's not for me. I think it's a good opportunity to meet new people, uh, and it's also an entry point for, for you to join our SEED program and get integrated together with um, other newcomers um, you know, maybe you just came, you know, back for uh, for a while away. Um, that helps you get back in community. I think that's a very good opportunity. Um, and if you are considering joining a cell group or what, um, you get to meet new people and new wine and new wine skin. So, inviting um, those people who might have been away for a while also to join us a new conference meeting after this. Uh, <coughs> and some of you might be considering one thing, you know, to be become members of FCC. Uh, uh, um, just just talk to us, uh, I think that uh, welcome people to to join, um, and uh, we are closing the application today. Uh, so if y- y- t- if I don't receive you you signing up today, then uh, then I'm sorry you'll do it for the next round, which is uh, for uh, during our anniversary service. Um, and also, uh, I think that people are having in their minds that next week, the after-church event, the worship session will be like our normal worship worship session. No, it's not. It's something that's more immersive and reflective, and what the, that's what the worship team hopes to bring us through. And so... Um, it might. It m- I don't know what they have uh, their seating arrangement going to be like. They might set a circular uh, seating arrangement, but it's not uh, what we usually do um, for worship during service. So uh, invite you all to think um, of joining in um, into a more meditative space uh, to be immersed in it as well. Um, of course, uh, really excited about Holy Week uh, and. Um, uh, and those of you who have not been to a Monday Thursday before, uh, do come um, and experience it. It can't be broadcast because some experiences cannot. The bubbling of uh, boiling water, you know, the, uh, as we prepare. Yes, we use hot water to wash feet, so that it's it feels different, right? <laughs> uh, 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 and uh, we do, and then we have food as well, and we sit around the table. And we all participate in the whole liturgy of the service. And I want to invite you to, to come, come experience. And then, of course, we have the church retreat um, from 2nd to the 4th of June. I've already plugged a lot about uh, the food there uh, because uh, uh, you look at the price, you know, you will think that, oh, that's pretty uh, a lot. But it covers everything from the ferry, termin- uh, from the ferry tickets, uh, the, the, the room, and also every single meal there. Right, we arrive there on on the second uh, around around lunchtime. Straight away, we we get off. Uh, we arrive at the hotel. We eat lunch, right? And all the way from lunch, dinner, the next on Saturday, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and on Sunday, breakfast and lunch. We're all covered, uh, and so the I I think that that's uh, we got a pretty good deal um, for the retreat. And what's um, even more. Um, um, uh, exciting is that uh, we have uh, uh, Reverend Maria Ling, um, our friend. She has led a retreat for us many years ago uh, as well. Um, and so um, it's just happened that she and her husband, Sui Hong, are coming back for their son's wedding in May. They happen. Maria just happened to wish me happy birthday, belated one. Uh, you know, and then she said, oh, I'll be coming back to Singapore. And then went like, you know, I just I just asked how long you're back for. And then I asked, you know, are you free from the second to the fourth of June? And she asked, yeah why? then I went Will you be interested in leading our uh, leading our retreat? Uh, because really we don't have the budget to fly someone into Singapore. Right, if we want, and if we really want a good speaker, um, and in Singapore, even we when we have friends and connections in the circle, many of them will not, uh, may not, may hesitate to lead our retreat because they might get ostracized by other uh, Christian groups. Right, so there's a lot of uh, um, struggling um, to find someone suitable. And this almost like you know um, God's uh, arrangement in a way. And then um, Maria uh, had a conversation with Sihong, and so C. Hong is coming in also to help our worship uh, to lead our worship team on a separate track uh, for them. And those you know, it's really a privilege for us because you know the general assembly of the World Council of Churches in Germany last year, he was the music director. You know, he's at that level. He's the professor of sacred music in Emmanuel College. He teaches all these things. Um, Last week, when we sang the hymn, um, For Everyone Born, he wrote the music to it. So we are blessed by uh, excellent people to lead uh, us in a retreat. And one more thing, uh, in my conversation with Maria, we intentionally created many pockets of no-activity time, meaning there is free um, like for Saturday night, it's free. After dinner, then there's no activity already. Um, and before that, even I think in the Saturday afternoon, the late afternoon, maybe after 4, there's no activity. This is so that you can interact, you can go wherever you want to go, whether there's shopping or what, or you want to hang out at a pool, you want to you know, chit-chat with your friends, you want to play games with, you know, and get to know other people from other cell groups or other, you know, other people from church we created intentional space. Also, this uh, retreat will be very, um, because of Maria's expertise, she does spiritual direction. And she said that, you know, if people want to look for me for spiritual direction, I'll also make myself available. Then I said, you're a bit because ah, because we ha- I expect about 50, 60 people. Ah. If half the people want to get spiritual direction, ah, you you don't have the time. But she says, well, I'll be led by the Spirit. And then, I, I, then, then, then of course, uh, Pauline and I will be roped in to help if there are too many people. Um, but we also create that intentional space so that for some of you who might want to seek ex- you know, experiencing what is spiritual direction, um, there are opportunities for that as well on Saturday night. And, uh, and, and. so I encourage you to sign up as early as possible because um, I think that we should not... Because this is a long weekend, right? And there are other churches who are trying to book the space as well. Uh, we managed to already sign the contract, so we are guaranteed 40 rooms. 40 rooms? Yeah, 40 rooms. But if we have more people signing up, and I heard that a lot of people actually are asking are going to be single, of do to get the single room because that's only $50 difference, right? And then we will run out of rooms. Uh, and if another church takes up the space, then we might, we might not have enough rooms that you might end up having, you know, not being able to go or having got to stay in a hotel and come over kind of thing. Uh, and that's not very uh, optimal uh, because it's very hard to arrange for, cater- uh, for the food and everything. So I encourage you to sign up early so that we can get all the arrangements done, including the ferry tickets, which are also another limiting factor. So, uh, look forward to seeing you there. Um, and, um, yeah, the, all the logistics uh, Daniel uh, has already put out on the form, and he'll get in touch with you all uh, when you're, um, about the payments and everything else. Okay? Thank you. Now, we come to the benediction. May I invite you to stand in body or in spirit? Dear Beloved, For all the things that are dead within us, for all the dry bones, all the grief, the loss, the pain, the sorrow, God is going to breathe new life into them and into you. But God is going to breathe life into you so that you may love more fully, live more fully, so that God's glory can be seen. And it's not just for you to become alive, but for you to become alive to unbind others, just as you have been unbound. We are not just healed for our own sake, but the sake of each other and everyone. As we unbind each other with our fears, our resentment, and all the things that hold us back and all the things that bring us death. May we open our eyes and hearts and trust in the love of God that will bring us new life. Jesus asked, do you believe? If you do, you will know that you will be alive again. So go out, trusting the promise of new life and the power of resurrection. Amen. Thank you for joining us this Sunday. We look forward to seeing you next week.